Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Jungle Podcast. Um, I know it has been a long, long, long time. Um, sorry about that. Um, I really have no excuse. It's really all my fault. So you can, I can take all the heat, you know. Um, today, however, we are joined by a very, very special guest. This is a man that I have known ever since I was in sixth grade. Um, he's been one of my best friends for a long time. Um, he's actually one of the first people that I met down here um, whenever I moved from West Virginia. And, um, you know, we've been talking ever since then. It's been about oh, coming up probably around five, six years that um, we've been talking. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Jacob Bartlett. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you there, Ethan. I cannot believe it's been that many years. It does not feel like that at all. I feel like we just met. <laughs> no, yeah, for real. Um, I can remember whenever you came over, and I was like, "We, we were picking like, you. <sighs> we were picking you up." If I recall, Jackson and I were picking you up. Your cousin Jackson and I were picking you up for um, something. I think it was his. Birthday it, it was for or his. Um, yeah, it was for his birthday, and my cousin Jackson, who lives around here, he. Um, He's like, yo, let's go watch, what was it, like the Snoopy movie or something? Or you have it was better, something I like that. I think so. You have better recollection of that than I do. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yo, let's go watch the Snoopy movie for my birthday. And I was like, all right, bet, I'm down. And he's like, I'm going to bring a couple <laughs> friends with me. And at the time, I had I no friends. And I did so... not know you between the man on the moon. <laughs> yeah. So, like, at the time, I had no friends, and I was like, you know what, this is probably a good opportunity for me to meet other people that sort around my age, because Jacob is um, in the grade level above me, but... Actually, I'm two... Age-wise, I'm two years older than you. Age-wise, yeah, age-wise, you're two, but actual, like, academics-wise, you're in the grade above me. Yes. And I was like, you know what, even though they're not my age, it'll still be nice for me to at least get exposure to other people down here, um, and just get out of the house and do something because I had no friends, no family. So I was like kind of stuck in the house all day. And I remember getting in the car and you were wearing like a 1920s, like New York top hat thing. No, it wasn't a top top hat. It must have been my very first. uh, And I still have it. My very first newsboy hat, I think. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was a newsboy hat, which I still have that very first one I have. Uh, I guess this is a safe place. No judgment here, people. I think I have over 30 <laughs> of those hats now I've collected. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting in the car and I was like, what the hell is he wearing? And I, I was, I, I, I remember, I yeah, I remember you immediately introduced yourself and um, I think I got your contact information that yeah. night. And yeah, you're, well, no, we didn't. It wasn't until the night later, I think, because your, your cousin, I think, texted me and said, I think he liked. I think he liked you. Maybe you should reach out to him, because then he said he has no friends. He just moved here. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know. It was. It feels, that was so long ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, um, but no. So, um, I'm glad we get Jacob on here. Um, me and him have been talking about this for. Since gosh, February. ever since the yeah, ever since the podcast first started, um, I remember. I posted a podcast and he reached out to me wanting to get on and I said congratulations and then you were the one that opened the door up you should be on an episode. Yeah. And then we never did it. 
Yeah, we never did it. I kind of I slacked ever ever since I uh, uploaded the fourth episode. I've been slacking a lot. Um, well, at least you're finally doing I episode know. five. <laughs> I am finally doing episode five. I do plan on to be as active as I possibly can, not only like uploading podcasts, but on um, our social media page. Um, that's going to be Jungle Podcast on Instagram. Um, if you guys are listening on Spotify and haven't went to our social media page yet, um, it's going to be Jungle Podcast on Instagram. If you want to go check that out. If you don't mind, you can also give a shout out to mine because I will also be keeping updates with all his Jungle Podcasts as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, at the very, very end, I'm going to shout out all your social media so you can get a plug. You can get a hard plug in there. Everyone can go add you. Um, I have the on Jungle Podcast Snapchat. Uh, notifications, Instagram. so I will keep you all updated on both sides awesome. of the account guys listen listen you should do what jacob has and get post notifications i don't know why you guys don't have post notifications on you i need don't to get mind it post on. notifications i like getting the notifications of the podcast <laughs> yeah but um i do plan on uploading on my instagram a lot i'm going to um europe in like three days i believe so i do want to post some cool pictures on there and keep you guys updated um did i did i tell you i was going to europe uh, I don't. You did not. Um, now, Whit Mitchell, who's going on the same. I guess it's the same trip. Um, he told me you guys were going. Or there was a group of you guys going to Europe. You you do realize how much this historian and this political scientist in me, which by the way, guys, is my major at Coastal Carolina University, goes John Clears. Um, um, is jealous. I'm very jealous. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm so excited. I don't. I'm not really educated on a lot of the stuff we're going Where to. Where are you guys going, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, so I have a whole, like, um, itinerary that I can pull up real quick and just read some names off for you. Ah, yes, please do. Because, like I said earlier, the historian in me is, is very jealous and very dying inside. <laughs> oh, my God. Where's the itinerary? Oh, here it is. Okay, so. Um, so... Our first day, we're going to the Roman Colosseum, um, the Roman Forum, the Trevi, or Treve, I don't know how you pronounce it, the Trevi Fountain. Ah, uh, the Treve Fountain. Treve Fountain, yeah. Um, the Pantheon. The Pantheon, wow. Yeah. Um, the Spanish Steps, and the Piazza Navana. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yes. So you're, I'm guessing you're in Italy for a bit? Um, yes, so that's going to be the Rome date. Um, we're staying in Rome until the 1st, and then we're um, flying to Athens. I was going to say, once you uh, got to the Pantheon, I right, said so that's Greek. Yeah, we're going to um, the Vatican City. Ah, home of the Pope. Home of the great Pope and his almighty himself. Um, so yeah, we're going to the Vatican City, and then we're going to go to the Olympic Stadium, the Acropolis, um, the Plaka District. Um, You're entering then, the country of, of the birth of drama and even democracy. <laughs> yes. And then um, we're, we're taking a cruise, and we're going to go to a bunch of different islands, like the Mykonos Islands or Mykonos Islands. Um, then... We're, oh, we're also going to the Temple of Apollo in whenever we're in Athens. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, Apollo. <laughs> then we're going to um, the Kus Adase and Patmos Islands. <sighs> then we're going to Rhodes Island. And then we're going to Crete and Santorini. 
mm-hmm. and then um, that's going to be it. And then we're taking a flight back to um, Newark, New Jersey, and then from Jersey we're going to yeah. Charlotte. Oh, yeah, and I, then, heard, I heard you're going to be driving somewhere in this. Yeah, <laughs> and then they couldn't fit us all on the plane, so we're going from Charlotte. We're taking a charter bus at like 2 in the morning. And we're taking a charter bus and driving back here, which is like a three and a half, four hour Have drive. Have fun with that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'll be so dead by then that you'll I'll be dead. Like, you'll feel this possibly. I'll be so dead. Well, have fun with um, that. That sounds very fun. Very I know, ancient history. I, yeah. I, um, That's a little bit out of my saw, department. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I saw all the stuff that we were doing, I was like, man, Jacob would be like so soaking it in yeah like i was i was like oh my god jacob would be so jealous like i felt bad but i'm not an ancient um, historian i'm a turn turn of the last century turn of the 1900s through world war one historically world war two for political reasons i'm that would be my uh wheelhouse yeah like dude you're you are insane when it comes to like history stuff like i remember wasn't it in middle school, and I, you could correct me if I'm wrong, in high school, like, you would read the history textbooks, oh, yes, like, yes, all of it. Yes, I did it through middle and high school, and I, I, yeah, okay, screw it, I'll admit it. I'm reading one of my old textbooks right now from this past year for one of my university classes. That's, I, I mean, that's dedication, like, you must, have you always loved, like, history, like, a lot, or is it something that, as you got older, you got into um, it? I, got into, I guess I'm a little different in that, in that reasoning i got into history and i i I thank her for it Uh, my first grade teacher introduced me to it during the week of american leaders which we were learning about harriet tubman and george washington abraham lincoln martin luther king all those people that are ingrained in our american dna from a young age um the one that got me interested was I i really don't know why what made him stick out to me more than anyone else was not George Washington, surprisingly. Most people think of George Washington, father of our country. Uh, for me, it was um, former President Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I, I love mm. I love President Lincoln. I still do. I, I wanted to learn more about him as much as I could. I got every kid-friendly book. I got my first presidential hist- uh, history book, which actually only goes up to former President Bush. Uh, second Bush tells you how old it is. <laughs> I still have it. Actually, that book was given to me by my first grade teacher. But I wanted to learn as much about Lincoln as I could. And I did. So what, so I, what, like, what fascinates you about Lincoln? Like, what's, like, your I think it's, like, favorite thing? I think he him? was one of those first made man, first made man in this country. Made, made himself where he was from a man who, from a boy who grew up on the Kentucky frontier when that was literally the frontier where that literally was, okay, you had the 13 mm. colonies and now you have log cabin in the freaking middle of the woods you know <laughs> to a man who was oh, an autodidiac if you don't know what that word means it means self-taught so he taught himself law uh, basic spelling basic reading skills he had no very little formal education uh, his stepmother uh, his mother died when he was eight I think it was eight or seven very young age and his father left for six months and left his kid his Lincoln and his sister in, in their log cabin to offend for themselves. Um, but remember, this was a time before online dating. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Mr. Lincoln Sr. left and went back to 
Virginia and met a woman and brought them back six months later. And Lincoln had a stepmother, and that stepmother in, uh, ingrained him the knowledge of wanting to learn, the knowledge of, of reading and speaking and people skills. So I really, so that interested me. Because really, if he didn't have that, and like I said, was an autodidiac, I don't think we would have the 16th president of the United States, the one who saved our country from collapse. Yeah, no, he, I'm not a, you know, a big on history like you are, but just from learning about him, he is probably one of the most, if not the most important president oh, that we have ever definitely, had. Definitely, I think so. Uh, and going back to the Lincoln topic, uh, actually, once I learned enough, I think I learned almost everything you can learn about that man. <laughs> uh I realized, oh, okay, I, I like, I kind of like doing this. I like reading. I, I like, you know, documentaries. At first grade, I was the kid that would come home and watch documentaries on when History Channel was actually history and play documentaries. I was that kid. I would come home from first, second grade and watch hours of just documentaries um, on different things. But going back to Lincoln, after I learned about former President Lincoln, it made me realize, okay, what else can I learn? So that entered to American uh, American presidents and first ladies, which I I know a good bit about. Again, I really studied the turn of the Latin nineteenth century, nineteen hundreds, when it comes to stuff. But um, I learned about them, and after I learned about them, I realized, uh, crap, our country's so little. You know, you learn about the basic American history in you know elementary school, middle school, but you realize our history is only baby history compared to Europe. So mm-hmm. that made me go into European history. Um, England first because of the American Revolution. Then that led into European history because of how much European monarchs are related, which I just wrote a paper this past year for my freshman course in historical research and writing, the royal side effects of royal inbreed and incest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's something I like. I mean, I found the research hard, but challenging, but good. And that's where I am, basically. But going back to America, I found Lincoln and president very interesting. So that entered my love of politics. And that's why I am now a proud history major at Coastal Carolina University, a minor in political science and a minor in social studies. <laughs> that's basically where yeah. my love of history is. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, and I've always said if you, like, whenever you get out of college, like, you're no doubt going to have something to do with politics or history. Like if you, if you love what you do, it's not going to be considered a job. And I feel like in my opinion, you will never work a day for the rest of your life because of how much you love what you do. Does that make sense? I I love history. That's one thing. I love people. I love helping people. If that's through education or through politics, um, helping people is, is a passion. And, I love politics. I know it's a dirty game and a messy game, but the game is what what's exciting for me. So if not, I'll do mm-hmm. local and state politics, maybe national um, if I get into it. Yeah. Um, we actually only have one former teacher right now in the United States Senate, Senator Kirbyville of Alabama. He was a former teacher and then former football coach from Auburn was his last school. He uh, professionally did co- head, was head football coach um, university level collegiate level and now he's interesting rep- and now he's representing South Carolina or not South Carolina Alabama is, as junior senator in the United States Senate so I mean it is possible for someone that's not a you call a career politician to you know enter politics yeah I have a quick question I feel like not only me but a lot of people have wanted to know this like every single day 
on your Instagram and on your Snapchat, you post things about like today in history, blah 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 blah. Today in history, this happened. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you know all that? Like, how <laughs> I, like, do you just a, wake up? I know I'm not. And you're just like, oh, this happened today. Some of it actually, yes, but most of it, I have a good little history app on my phone, and I use that. It's literally called. It is called Today in History. It's a great little app for those who love history and politics. I or history, not politics. I mean, but anyone that loves history, uh, it does. United States history, it does world history, it does people who were born, people who died, news events that were big on that day. You can find out what happened 100 years ago on on that day. Uh, it's a great app. So for any history people that are listening, I would definitely go download the app for iPad and I think Android too. Um, today in history. Great app. That is sick. I, like This is kind of a hard question. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but have you ever seriously thought about running for president when you're older oh I, that was actually the first thing i wanted to do when i was in first grade after i learned about president lincoln <laughs> um problem is is i can't uh, i can only go up to united states senator house that's uh, right because our, you aren't you're you weren't born in america correct i was not born in this country i was born in guatemala city guatemala um 20 years ago yes that yeah i forgot about that i was i, I mean i know <laughs> You don't have to be from like born in this country to do stuff. But I did forget that presidents are to the be only a president. Thing. Yeah, presidents are the only thing. And isn't there like an age? Like you have to be a certain age. Thirty-five. Don't quote me on that. I think it's thirty-five. Um, off the top of my head, I think it's thirty-five. Yeah. Well, Jacob, you would, in my opinion, you would be an absolutely great president well, well if you stay local and meeting in the state of south carolina you might see my name as for um, running for gubernatorial so meaning running for governor one day on the cool for those who no offense to those who don't like it but i would be running on the republican platform as a conservative <laughs> i figured you would buddy i figured you would um jacob so um one of the main reasons why i wanted you to come on here was to talk about your past um for those of you who don't know I don't really want to speak on your behalf, but Jacob does have um, a background and what he's had to deal with that a lot of us haven't had to deal with some of the struggles and challenges that he's had to face and overcome. Um, so we talked before the podcast started. He is comfortable talking about this. So this is um, not if a you surprise. Just wanna... Yeah, this <laughs> is not a surprise. This is not a surprise. <laughs> um. If you are more than welcome, you're more than welcome to, if you want to go ahead and explain your story, because I feel like um, spreading awareness for it and people hearing your story will actually get people educated about um, what you deal with on a day-to-day basis. So go ahead if you want to. Okay, I was, where to start, I guess? Probably to start from the very beginning. Oh, God. So you want 20 years of history, almost 21 years of history. I mean, bro, we got we got time. two hours we can talk for. So, Well, I was born in um, Guatemala City, Guatemala, 20 years ago, almost 21 year, years ago this October. Um, I was born, most people don't know this about, well, some people do, most people don't. I was born to a 15-year-old unknown mother and to an unknown father. I was put up for adoption roughly, I think they said two weeks after my birth, or roughly right after. I think I was wombed for a little bit, but then was sent off to an orphanage. 
one of the outstreaks of Guatemala City, which is, for those who don't know, is the capital of Guatemala. Um, I was raised there for seven months. Don't really remember much. <laughs> um, and I was then adopted at seven months by, to me, it's my mom and dad, by my adopted parents. Any questions so far, Ethan? Um, <laughs> I didn't. So I knew you were from Guatemala. Um, but I didn't know about like if you knew like your parents, like your birth parents or anything. I don't know I their know that. I don't know their names. The only information is that I know she was fifteen when she had me, and my father literally on my traditional birth certificate was blank, meaning she did not know or did not feel comfortable sharing that information so have you ever like tried to even like come in contact with her or do you even know like it would be any a, it contact would, no i do not have any contact it would be a pain in the pain in the butt due to it being a what we well it, what we call a closed international adoption meaning they cannot reach out to me um now after the age of 18 which i am closed adoptions are very loose because the, once the adoptee is 18 and an adult, they can open up their caseload file. I have not. <laughs> yeah, but so the, is that something adopt, that... If the adoptee opened it, then you can try to find out, but I have not opened it. Yeah. So is that something that you think you would want to do maybe later on in life, or are you kind of just set in stone on it's, you it's, know it's a, who your mother is and stuff like that, and you just don't want to interfere with anything you just want to keep living your life or have you ever thought um, about reaching out i think i, I it's a it's, it's a non-thing there's i've taught either i'm friends with a couple of international adoptees um here locally in Warwick county and in the surrounding counties and some in new york um state it's an interesting topic because part of you always feels like there's it's like a puzzle piece there's a puzzle piece missing um out of your life puzzle so part of you wants to find that missing piece um, like if you're a little kid and you're missing a puzzle piece and you're really wanting to do the puzzle, of course that kid wants to find it. Uh, that's how we are. Mm. And part of part of me wants to do that. Part of me is very content with the way, with the way I'm living and how I've been raised. So part of me doesn't. So it's a it's a what you say a bridge that I will cross if I ever want to cross when I get to it. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's absolutely great that you do that because I know some people who. Not maybe not internationally, but just here that were adopted, they want absolutely nothing to do with their birth parents. They don't even want to know who they are, don't want to speak with them. But that is good that maybe one day you would be willing to reach out because and the reason why the, and the reason like, why is I'll explain more as we continue my story. But there is a sentimental thing about my life and the way how I live it. It's, it's one of the reasons why I would like to learn more. But we'll continue yeah. that as we continue this. Yeah. No. Go ahead and continue. Um, yeah, keep going, man. Um, so, picking up after seven months, I lived in an orphanage um, with a bunch of other children um, that, for whatever reasons, could not be kept at home. Uh, then, at seven months, around it was around Mother's Day. It was actually the week of Mother's Day in 2001? 2000, no, uh, 2002, I, 2002, I think. 2002, I think. I was adopted and by a man and a woman um, who I consider my parents, uh, Mr. Nelson Bartlett of Warrior County, South Carolina. And Susan Bartlett, originally from 
Rick, uh, Montgomery, West Virginia, uh, now an Horry County person. But, um, got adopted for them. That was supposed to be only two days. It turned into two weeks. Gotta love international diplomacy, politics, paperwork, and, or, and just generic adoption. Uh, it was supposed to be two days, turned into two weeks. Uh, spent my first Mother's Day down there with her. Um, which was nice, uh, supposedly. I don't remember it, but they said it was very nice. Um, I land and then we left Guatemala City, left the country, and landed into Houston, Texas, where we had to do a lay layover and join another flight, which which was my first time. Well, my father says it was the first time I hit American soil. So, if you know anything about international polit politics or, or Diplomacy, especially when it comes to stuff like this. Once I hit American soil, I was an American citizen, which meant the government back home in Guatemala could not do anything to retake me back. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I did not know that you mm -hmm. um, went to Texas before. I yeah. thought you. No. I, th I thought you just lived here your whole life. I no. Didn't know oh, that. I did. I did. We, we landed in Texas because we had to get a different plane. To come here. Oh, so, I see, I see, I see. But I see. when the moment we, once the moment we hit on American soil, my father was over thrilled. Both my parents were overwhelmed with joy because I was an American. Legally, I was an American citizen already, but now I'm on the country soil. So, due to those clauses, the Guatemalan that government cool. could not request me back, or if there was a war, <laughs> I could not be summoned back. If there was a, like a Guatemalan draft, I was, you know, not summoned because yeah. I'm an American citizen, American soil. So have you ever, like how often do you go back to West Virginia? Because for those of you guys who don't know, I spent literally my, practically my entire childhood there other than the past few years that I've lived here. So like, have you ever like went back last time we like, went, to West Virginia? Last stuff? time we went back was, someone can do the math here. If I'm a rising sophomore in college, it was when I was in and by the way, do the math this way, because I did get held back one year, um, was my third grade year. So, and I repeated second grade twice uh, when my late grandfather passed away. We went for the funeral. Gotcha. So you haven't... I've not been back. been back since. No, we were actually surprising that you said that. We might go back maybe this summer or this spring before I start school, when, before school term begins. If we do, do it, if we do it this summer, if not during the spring break. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. West Virginia is a lovely for those state. Of you who have never been, it is in the. I'll put it like this: in the spring and summertime, and a little bit of the fall, I would put it up against any state in this country, other than maybe Hawaii, as one of the prettiest places in this country. Um, it is very, very beautiful. Now, in the winter, however, you get something it is, called snow, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, snow and all the leaves are off the trees, and it's just gloomy, depressing. Like it's gloomy and depressing. Like it, there's, it's never sunny. It's like Seattle, if put in that perspective. Like it is minus the rain. Instead of rain, you get snow. I'm guessing it is. Yeah, well, in rain too. Like it's rainy, snowy, gloomy, cloudy. Probably eighty to eighty-five percent of the days in the winter there. There, you might get one or two days every week or two of a little bit of sun like oh, it wow. is 
yeah it's very gloomy that's why i hate going there during um the winter unless it is snowing there i do like go like sleigh riding and stuff because here in south carolina we get maybe snow for about 15 minutes and then it all melts away sleigh riding what's that us southerners don't know what that is i'm not that stupid okay. i actually do know what it is but i'm just saying as a southerner sleigh riding is very yeah like to us. no for, for real like I think ever since I moved down here in the summer of 2015, and so ever since I moved down here, it's maybe snowed that I can remember like three times, and when I mean snow, guys, I'm not talking like several inches of snow. I'm talking like a little bit of rain mixed in with snow that sticks to the ground for about 30 minutes. <laughs> We're southerners. It, we don't know what to deal yeah. with it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when I first moved down here, people were like, it was like, like 50, 60 degrees out, and people were wearing like, like hoodies and pants and that's cold jackets, and I'm like, well, up from north, like 50 and 60 degrees in the winter, like like 40 and 50 degrees in the winter is like warm, like that's a heat wave, and whenever I moved down here, I was like, I thought everyone was crazy. I was like, what are these people doing? Like, that is not a heat wave. That is cold. Yeah, and no, and I quickly realized, like, after I got used to it, like, I can understand why people, like, think that 40, 50 degrees in the wintertime here is cold, because it is cold. It is very cold. I'm not used to it. No. No, we are it's short, horrible. shorts and t-shirt people, not Eskimo people. We don't wear the polkas and the and all the five layers you have to wear to go outside to get the, uh, to get the mail. We're... Wear more shorts and flip-flops and feature dudes here in the South. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am, and I'm not complaining at all. It is nice rolling out of bed in my boxers going to get the mail. It is very nice. I don't mind it at all. Um, We kind of got sidetracked. We did. I don't, remem I don't oh. remember where you were in your story, oh, but yeah, my go story. ahead and continue. I was, uh, we just got here in Texas, uh, laid over for an hour, then came and flew and landed here in Myrtle Beach International Airport. And I've grown up here ever since and lived here ever since. I would consider the first six years, whatever you are until you're uh, in public school or school, quite normal, I had, uh, quite normal, fun. I love growing up here. I have some great memories of Myrtle Beach when tourists actually went home. <laughs> um, went home, <laughs> I feel went you home and before they, you know, moved <laughs> i remember going to be able to go places now like surfside beach um in in the winter as a little kid and, and you could actually drive surfside beach uh, and not mm -hmm. um break every five minutes because it's either the light's red or there's just so many damn cars you can't get through anything yep. yeah I, no yeah it is a uh, it's a struggle it's a very it, struggle. It's a struggle it's a it's a real world problem. it's a first world or county problem uh yeah. But I remember when you could go down Surfside and Merle's Inlet and either things were closed or were open, but only on like three nights because you're not making much of an income except the locals. And now in 20 years I've been here, it's uh, literally the opposite. I, I think all of our restaurants are open on the inlet these days. And you can't go down Surfside Beach without stopping every five minutes due to traffic. Yeah, I remember I went, I was really hungry and obviously the chick-fil-a and those inlets closed yes, so my place of employment I was, is closed <laughs> yeah i was craving some chick-fil-a 
um, I was deeply craving Chick-fil-A, and I was like, I have to go get Chick-fil-A. So I went to the Surfside one, and normally in the wintertime, there and back would have taken me no longer than like 30 minutes. Um, I went there today. I waited 30 minutes just in the line. Yeah, that doesn't surprise Not me. That doesn't surprise like, me. I, but like to get there, I got stopped at like six different traffic lights. And then, you know, there's the light where you turn left at the campground, Ocean Lakes Campground. Mm-hmm. I got stopped at that light, which is like mm-hmm. another five minutes. Mm-hmm. And so it took me over an hour to get food that's 10 minutes away from my house because of the traffic and stuff. It's amazing. That's South Carolina living in the last 20 yeah. years. It's well, grown because it, people like you at from least the north. in our north. area. Well, that's also because people like you from the north, no offense, move and then or they come for a visit and never leave. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember I would vacation here as a kid oh. whenever I was little. Like, we would come um, for a week in the summer, and then we would come for a week either during Thanksgiving or Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in fifth grade. I was either in fourth or fifth grade. I can't remember. And my parents called me down. I remember this vividly. Um, I was upstairs in my little, like, video game, like, playroom. And I come downstairs, and my parents are like, what do you think about uh, moving to Myrtle Beach? And at the time, like I was a li- I was a little kid, and I was like, oh my god, I get to live at the beach! Like that's incredible. Oh, by and the way, some out of towners that li- uh, that are listening to this, as a local who's lived here for twenty years, I go to the beach only when we have family friends that are out of town coming. Otherwise, than that I don't see it because I don't like it, and it's just really packed. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have said it. <laughs> any better like literally any better because he was leading on to oh Um, you're moving to the beach once you become a local you don't count (laughs) yeah um i was like oh my god like like the beach i'll be there every day like blah 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 sounds amazing we moved down here and i now i did move houses so i do live a little closer to the beach but at my old house i maybe went to the beach like less than 10 times in a span of three years like it was just once you move here and you see the beach every single day of your life, it does get really, really old and repetitive. I feel like oh, you speak it very well. Um, like, and that's no, if like, that's not a knock on like our beaches. Like, I think our area is like at least in like Surfside, Garden City, Merlin. Like, I think Myrtle our area beach. is very beautiful. Yeah, like Myrtle Beach. Like, well, I don't know about downtown Myrtle mm. Beach. Well, but economically, we're we're doing good. Minus COVID, yeah, minus no. pandemic, but. Oh yeah, we are booming, like we are booming, booming, um, but like Southern Myrtle Beach, where me and Jacob are from, like in that area, it is a very, very beautiful place. But after seeing it so long, it's like. And as a local, you, you you know the areas that you um, stay in, and you don't leave those areas during the heat of summer. I stopped going to certain districts of our. I would say neighborhood or town, townships, I guess, because there's multiple towns in an area. Um, I've stopped going to some right right now. I stopped two months ago and will not go back until after public school gets back in session up north. Because <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to, um, unless you really want, need to go up into whatever district you're going into for something. Otherwise, that you stay out of that district. Myrtle Beach, mostly. Yeah, my so my place of employment is up. Um, in Myrtle Beach. I am so sorry. On the on the boulevard. I'm so sorry. 
Oh, yeah. No, I'm, it's like... And I'm not saying it's, that because... It's in that area. Listeners, I'm not saying that because I'm sorry that he has to work. I'm sorry due to where his location of employment is. Because if you're a local or, or stayed here more than six months, you realize how bad our traffic is in where he's talking. Yeah, it's... um, It's like a mini New York City, if that makes sense. It is... Think of it like this. It's a mini New York City mixed in with locals, homeless people, and tourists from all over the place combined into one. We have the beach. New York City doesn't. But basically, I think you just described Manhattan, our entire central station, yeah. basically, in New York. I've been there. I, basically, you just described that. You just heard the beach in, you have Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I try to avoid that area, and I... Whenever... I go to the beach or areas down here locally. I do know, hey, I probably want to avoid this area because I know so-and-so is going to be here or so-and-so is going to happen, yada, 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 yada. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I am glad that we moved down here because I have met some very important people, including Jacob and other people in my life that um, hasn't impacted it in a positive way. Um, the only thing I really miss from West Virginia, I guess, is my like friends that I grew up with um, in elementary school, like pretty much my childhood friends. Um, I miss them. And I also miss my family. Cause other than my cousin that lives down here, I have absolutely no family. Like all my family. I, I'm glad you led down like, to your cousin. That reminded me of the, how he enters my life. If you would like to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, go for it. I'm kind of just rambling. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Um, so I would say, um, up until going back to my story, if you remember, I grew up here, had a, normal childhood until school school is when it started to change um we noticed around first grade a little bit of kindergarten but first grade when the normal children started to outgrow that uh toddle toddle um era of their life where they toddle everywhere they walk um we noticed that i still had it um we gave it two years maybe thinking i'll outgrow it um it wasn't until first grade we took me to a special took me to many specialists. I still remember it: bone doctors, uh, muscle people, uh, regular practitioner, whatever. I was, I say miss because it wasn't until many years later I was misdiagnosed with something called cerebral palsy. Um, I lived thinking I had CP for cerebral palsy or CP for years until my freshman year of high school. Um, and that's where I think Ethan wanted to talk about or and talk about my story and situation. Um, thinking I was, I say thinking because, or I'll go between thinking and had CP because at the time I did um, think that, and we all did. Uh, and the reason why is because the doctor told me to walk down the hallway and they said, yeah, he has cerebral palsy, he has CP. Um, actually, it went, I'll tell you more about this later as we continue in my life story. Uh, modern science has really advanced even between when I was in first grade and my freshman year of high school. It, it has advanced. Um, so I grew up thinking I had CP. Um, it can be tough, um, of course. My legs didn't work the way, you know, others, you know, other people. Um, I was unable to play sports. Um, no, no, so that meant no baseball, no basketball, no football. <laughs> Basically, any club sport that most kids play when you're in elementary school that was not in my life because i could not do it um 
baseball would have been the sport. That would have been the sport I would have done. Um, around first grade, first grade or so, I, oh, it feels like eons ago. I met people, um, they were very nice. I also met people that were very mean to me, bullied me, picked on me, um, called me names, anything a kid could do. Kids can be very terrible <laughs> to each other. Um, True. After that, I, I guess it was around third grade. I, third grade, I think. Yeah, third grade. Uh, I was put in a class with a uh, with a kid. Um, this is what I meant by Ethan. Your cousin comes in. I was put in a third grade class with a kid named Jackson Fitcher. If anyone doesn't know, that's Ethan's older cousin. Correct me here, but on what side of the family, though? He is on my um, dad's side of the on family. On his dad's side? Yeah, Ethan, or, Ethan, I mean, Jackson and I became very, very close. Uh, almost did everything together. Yeah, which was fun. He was like a brother. He still is. Um, yes, we did everything. Um... He helped me realize that despite my disability that there are going to be people that care for me and um, support me. And I would say picking on in elementary school wasn't that bad. It wasn't until we got older, until it got worse. Um, uh, of course, doctors and people would always tell me you can't do certain things, which, which is from a young age, I think, around around that time period when Jackson came in. People would tell me, kids would tell me, oh, you can't do that, or you shouldn't be doing that due to your disability, or oh, you'll never reach that. Um, and that taught me a life lesson that I still live to by today. Um, always push yourself mentally, physically, emotionally to overcome an obstacle, because you can always overcome it, and if you work hard enough, you can do it. And I've been doing that for almost 20 years, so. Yeah, no, that's, um, to see the things that you've accomplished <laughs> Whether that be, you know, having a job, um, just just driving, going to school. Yeah, yeah. Like things that people with certain disabilities can't even do. But the fact that you still do it and you still have a smile on your face and you still um, brighten people's day up and you still talk to them and reach out to them. That is absolutely, truly incredible. That's why um, that's why I've always been supportive of you and um we've all that's why i've kept in touch is because i am truly like inspired by and, and, like, what and all you i can will do say one thing age-wise between the two of us there was a little bit of a gap not much but there was a little so when you were younger i was not the closest to you because of the age gap but as we've gotten older i will definitely tell you've become one of my closest friends as you've gotten older the gap has smaller or gotten smaller and the friendship has grown bigger yeah, no, it's like, yeah, I'm absolutely glad that I can call you a friend. And, um, yeah, after everything that you've been through, the fact that you're still here talking to me and going to Coastal. Go and, Yeah, go Shantz. Shantz up. <laughs> um, yeah, the fact that you're still be able to do all that stuff is absolutely incredible. And I feel like that should inspire, um, if your people are listening to this, that should definitely um, inspire you to go out and do stuff and never stop um doing something because someone tells you otherwise or if someone puts you down don't let that discourage you like it you should always do what you want to do and don't let other people's thoughts and words and whatever they tell you don't let that affect um, what you yeah. do in life because it, tr it truly is 
your life is what you make it. It's not what other people make it. If that makes and sense. And I totally agree with that. I couldn't say that better than my better myself. And he's true about that. Um, and then middle school happened. Oh God, middle school. I think everyone. I don't <laughs> care if you have a disability or not. Middle school is just rough. <laughs> yeah, middle school was a. Um, Especially because middle school is when I moved down here. Like oh. sixth grade was my first year down here, so I knew Ooh, no one. So like I knew absolutely no one. Terrible. Um, um. So yeah, I remember middle school. At least like sixth and seventh grade sucked. Eighth grade I didn't mind because by that time I had made some close friends I still have today. But yeah, sixth and seventh grade was a struggle for me. That's a struggle for anyone. And I was saying elementary school for me was not bad because the, 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 the picking on wasn't bad. It was middle school. Ugh, kids can be cruel. <laughs> That's where it really happened, and I overcame it. Um, met some people. I met a person who is an upper with me. Grade five would be an upperclassman to you, um, Thomas Payne. He was one of the first people mm. to it once because remember growing up in as for being a local, you grew up with these kids all through elementary school, and then you get three different elementary schools into one middle school. Um, so you know you're getting kids that didn't know you. He was the first person from a different elementary school that accepted me and became my friend, and we're still very close, him and I. But the longest time, it was your cousin and him um, as my little friend group, in which I was fine with. Um, middle school happened, not much. I don't want overcoming bullying, and nothing really. Well, actually, one thing did happen. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Student body president at St. James Middle School, I entered my first election and won. Um, which was interesting. I enjoyed that my uh, eighth grade year, uh, student body president. Um, then, then it then it changed. Um, then we left middle school and went to St. James High School. Go Sharks for anyone local. Go Sharks. Go, go Sharks. We we love Van Pennell. We love him. Former now former principal of St. James. Yeah, for no. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> At least you were his last class. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, that's very true. I think we were we were his favorite as well, according oh, to him. Well, he, okay, I'll, I'll be, I make a differ. Who now I can go in? Well, could go into his office uh, and call him Van. But yes, I get your feeling. <laughs> and uh, high school happened. It was there was a little bit of picking on, not much. Uh, high school's a good time. I enjoyed it. I made a I made it what I wanted it. Um, Freshman year, I didn't interest in politics. I uh, took a year off. And junior, freshman, sophomore, and junior. Did I take two years off? I might have taken two years off. I actually don't. What what, what time what uh, time period are you talking about? Uh, school wise, I'm thinking of student council. I think I took two years off. I Did I win class don't president? No. In what year are you talking? My. No, I did not. I did not win that election. That was the one election I lost. The only election I lost. Um, freshman. Man, Jacob, you broke the streak. Man. Uh, freshman, I didn't do any student council. Uh, sophomore year, I was a. I didn't run for anything, but I was elected to. Uh, what we call a class senator. So I was a senator representative arc of our class. I enjoyed that. That was very fun. 
The following year, I ran for class president, and that is the year I met someone who has forever changed my life. He's a local boy, still to this day, a former co-worker of mine. Um, you might know his family, well, you might know his step-family, due to the ginormous restaurant empire that they own locally. Um, he is the soon-to-be stepson of Mr. Jack Devine, Mr. Will Haddon. Mmm, um, the Haddon family. We love that. Yes, Haddons. we love the Haddons. Well, that's how I met William, um, due to a crushing defeat. He ran against me and won class president junior year. I didn't, I didn't know he won. He won that election, and he defeated me. It was a good, by a good margin. He had more votes in our class than I did, um, which was very interesting to study. I thought I would carry that election. I mean, not trying to sound cocky, I've won every other election. <laughs> I've won middle school. I've, yeah, won, no, I've won every I've... election I, I've ever had, and it was the same people. So I, I, I really thought that I would be a swing in, a swing in of class president. Really, really, really did think so. That was the first election I have ever lost. It was a bitter pill to take. Um, we all got called in to um, see the election results, and I guess I was a little arrogant. I walked in thinking, I mean, these are the same people that have elected me, you know, middle school. Like for your, yeah, like class for years. senator. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a class senator. I do vote on that, but I didn't run for, long story short, I didn't run for a big spot, but I was put in a class senator spot. They voted me into that. So I'm thinking... You know, they, they've you know they've voted me up to this far in election history, um, thinking I would be a swinging vote. We got called in, and they said, "Congratulations, Will Hatton, you're our junior class president." And I stand there like, "Huh?" I was just like, "What?" what? <laughs> this kid who has never ran for that was Will's first election he's ever ran he ever ran for, and he won it. I was like, "What?" Yeah. I, this kid's never ran for pol school politics before. What, what, what do you mean he won? You know, I think that was my denial. Um, um, I did what, unlike former President Trump did, I actually took my loss and accepted it. I did release a, I do remember it, I released a um, little, they, I asked if I could do this over the overcom. From our, or our next class meeting, not over system. And Mr. Pinello allowed me. I conceded my election in front of my entire class, saying it was fun, you know, working for you last year as a senator, and I'll stay with student council and try to work with the, in, you know, incoming student body, or I mean, class president Will Haddon. And it, it surprisingly, losing an election was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, I That's I good. became Will Hannon's one of Will Hannon's most competent people I, I, in student council. I guess because me having a winning streak, I guess is what you would say. You know, winning middle school, winning my senatorial position, and and a failed um, class presidency. But um, you know, winning those two, and he has ne like I said, he never entered school politics before. That was his first. He um really trusted he kept on coming up to me and i didn't know this kid from adam i mean i did not know him from the man on the moon <laughs> but uh -huh. i kept on going to the meetings and i would give my input and you know like i you you know like student council is supposed to be open for everyone it, it is every student at st james is allowed to go you just don't have a voting voice unless you were elected and i would go <laughs> 
and I would voice my opinion as, as I felt fit, you know. And I would always say, I know I did not win my election, but I still do not think, and I know I'm not a class senator because I didn't run for that position. And I know I don't have a voting voice, um, you know, when it comes to school stuff, but I will voice my opinion. All due respect to my class president, and I would look over to Will as I best feel fit. And I remember one time, I think it was our second or third student council meeting of that year, Will Hadley comes running into my hallway, in the hallway, <laughs> after a meeting, saying, Jacob, would, would you like to have lunch one day? And, I was, and he met at school, and I said, sure, because we did have the same lunch block. And next thing I know, we started talking about student council, talking about, you know, how do you help, how do you help people, you know, how do you help it? And I said, this is your first rodeo, isn't it? And he said, yes. <laughs> and that began a good friendship. Will Patton now is one of his, is my best friend. Um, it was fun because he trusted me and I helped him guide him, I guess. You know, like, a, I guess like a teacher, you know, kind of guided him through student council. Um, yeah. You really get to know people when you start working on a homecoming float. Um, <laughs> really got to know people. Um, we did homecoming that year, uh, him and I. I kind of helped lead it up. But he trusted me and one other person who, had a, at that time, I didn't know who he was. Um, his name is Joseph Joey Parisi. Um, Will and him knew each other for a couple of years. I did not know Joey. Uh, Joey now is my second best friend. It's usually Will, Joey, and I are usually inseparable. We literally, literally spend way too much time together, I think. <laughs> um, but at the time, I didn't know Joey, and Joey and I worked on the homecoming float building, and that became a friendship. Those two became lifelong friends, still are friends. Um, around that time, sadly, I lost, I wouldn't say I lost completely, we just kind of drifted parts. And I don't think most people, and if anyone from school, from St. James is listening, I don't, and especially from my grade, I don't think I know this. But, um, but don't, don't take this bad, just don't take this wrong, and if he's listening, hopefully he won't take it wrong. And we've, we still talk, and we're still close, but not as close as we once were. But that was the time that um, your cousin and I's friendship started to drift. Different people, different crowds, how life is. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, we're not as close as we used to be, uh, sadly, but I still would like it to be. I mean, yeah, I mean, life happens, yeah. I mean, especially with college and oh, stuff, yeah. and he's going to a different college. Oh, yeah, I mean, but... I mean, it started in high school with cousin and I, but we're still friends. But yeah. after that, um, after junior year, um, his term ended as class president, and we took the summer break. And that year, I was considering, you know, after a blow, even after a blow of losing to your class, it, it does carry. I've never, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone. You're, you're the first person that I've talked to about my electoral history. I usually, uh, I usually keep that quiet, especially my loss. Losing is not fun. Losing a baseball game, losing a football game, it's not fun. Losing for someone like me who finds politics, even school politics, very interesting. Losing, <laughs> losing an election, it's not fun. Um, so during that summer, going into our senior year, my senior year, I was considering, do I even want to try? Um, do I want to really enter? school politics again i mean that blow was a big blow will won by a good margin in the last election mm -hmm. and will told me he was going to run not for class but for student body and that did not help my confidence i love will to death <laughs> i love him to death 
Um, but he told me, he said, Jacob, you're not going to like me for this. And I know we're best friends and all, but you're not going to like this. And do you really want to run against your best friend? Because he knew I was considering, if I did enter politics again, to run for student body president. Um, and he came up to me at work, because I just started working with him around that time at Chick-fil-A. I've been there for three years now. Merle Dillon at Chick-fil-A. I've been there for three years. Um, but he came up to me at work one day and said, do you really want to do this? You realize who's running against you? Or there were like four people running against, you know, four people were in the general election for president, student body president, myself included. It was Will Haddon, Sophia Murphy, and the... <sighs> yes, Mina Balarvi, I think, was the last one. Um mm. And and I hate saying it, it sounded cocky. I mean, those were my classmates. Those were my literally my classmates. Those were the class of 2021. Uh, Will and I realized that, no offense to the others, they had no chance. And it would be a two-people race, was what we felt, that it would be a two-people race between Will Haddon and myself. <laughs> and like he said, he's my best friend. And he came up to me and said, do you really want to run against your best friend? And let's hopefully this won't. Um, hurt our friendship because it was still a new friendship. It was really only a year friendship, you know. I think if we did it now, I think it would be completely, completely different, you know. I think now if we ran, it'd be like, oh, whatever, he won, whatever. But that fr- at, at that yeah. time, our friendship was so soft, you know, so still new, you know. It was we were, uh-huh. it either was going to make us stronger, or we we're either going to hate each other. But I um I announced on social media um that. After I prayed about, I'm a devout Christian. For those who don't know me, or are, are, are getting into this podcast, I'm a devout Christian. So I prayed for it, and finally I called him and said, "You're not going to like this." And no, don't talk me out of it. But I am running. I'm going to announce in an hour. I remember saying that, and with an hour time of calling him, I officially announced my candidacy through social media, through Instagram. I made an Instagram account for my campaign and I officially announced that I was running for St. James High School student body president. <laughs> it was it was brutal. I, we didn't do any of the name calling because we weren't allowed to. Luckily enough, I think it would have gotten really ugly if we were. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was the day of the election. And I saw him in the, for those who aren't members of St. or students of St. James, we have something called the shark in, at that high school because there's a ginormous shark design in the main of yep. the floor. Well, we met at the shark, the two of us, and it was an hour before election, before they were going to start, elect, you know, doing those kids to start voting. I, I walked to him and I said, is it hard to say that I think it's a two-people race despite us having like three more people running? He laughed and said, no, I really think it's a two-people race. Don't, no offense to them. We just didn't think they – if one of the, the other people that ran against us won, we would – both of us would have been surprised. They just didn't have name recognition. People love Will Haddon mm-hmm. due to his brother, Parker Haddon, who was a year below us. Your grade, I think, Ethan. Parker was with you, right? Yes, that's okay, correct. So, Parker, so he had your grade level because everyone loves Parker, which means everyone loves Will. Um, but I, unlike Will, I, he, I had something that Will did not have. 
and that was the grades below your grade, the grade below us. Um, I could carry that those those votes, which is something I never told Will. Will now knows, but never knew of the time of the of the election. I told him. I shook his hand. I remember saying, "Let the best win. Hopefully, this won't kill us." Meaning our friendship. He knew what I meant. Um, we went back to class, and it was time for elections. Uh, I voted. Uh, I voted for myself. <laughs> I guess I can admit that now. Um, it took the entire day, like every year, for the election results to come in, uh, for the counting and stuff. And, and if you're a person who's ever run for election, it's really aggravating because you want to know and you want to see the statistics. Well, I do want to see the statistics and see when, and see who who won the election. Um, it was near the end of the day, right before the last class of the day. Mr. Pinnell called all the candidates into his office, and he did it by. This was the first time he's ever did it this way. He did it by section. So if you were running for freshman president, all the freshmen went in. You know, if you're running for treasurer or whatever, you went in. And he finally, we were last. We were last. We and Biden presidents were last. He called us in, and it was that. It was like those butterflies in your stomach. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen. You, you know, you're you're like, and Will and I knew it was either going to be Will or me. No offense to the others. Um, and yeah. Pinnell said, the election results have come in, and let's congratulate our president-elect. We'll, um, and we'll do a informal swearing-in in my office next week. So I had a week, or the person had a week of being a president-elect. Um uh-huh. And he said, the president-elect for this coming up school year, and which means you'll be president for the rest of the school year. And he said, Jacob Bartlett, I won the election. I'm very glad I went back into school politics because for, for a good bit, I really considered nice. not going back in. Not, 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 I mean, I lost dramatically the year before, so I was thinking that was a bitter pill. <laughs> and I'm like, they already said no to me one year. They're going to say no to me again. You know what I mean? That was in my back of my head. Right? Yeah. I, said no. I thought they wanted change, yeah. not... <laughs> You know, which they did the year yeah. prior. They voted for Will Hatton. He won it. He won yeah. big time. I think by that point, I think they were like, he's, I, he, meaning me, he has ran for so many times. Let's have change. And I'm thinking that's what happened that year. And change was Will Hatton. Um, the following mm-hmm. year, it was the opposite. We won. And my campaign slogan that year was a return to normalcy. I actually quoted, um, Harding, who was the American president, who ran during the 20s, um, right after World War One, and that was his campaign slogan um, when he ran for president of the United States, because it was right after World War One. He um, he campaigned on, I will return America to normalcy, return to normalcy for Harding. And I liked it, and I didn't, didn't there wasn't anything against Will, but it's just I was the old guard, you know, I was the, I've had this before, I've had power before, you know, I've done this before, you know, I knew what I, yeah, you were like the, you were, you were the yeah. veteran and he was like a rookie. He's only had one year in politics. I used to tell people he's only had one year and he was a, and he was a class president. Sue body is a lot more. I've been it, you know, I've been it in middle school. I've helped you guys before. Uh, you know, I know yeah. it kind of, it kind of reminds me of like, 
when President Trump got elected mm-hmm. to president. Like he had no past mm-hmm. political experience, and he went straight from like being a businessman to the president of the United States. It kind of reminds and me of that. I and I guess I hate saying this because I'm a registered Republican, but I guess using that analogy, um, I was like Joe Biden in this past election. Will was still the rookie, and yeah. I was like Joe Biden, meaning I've done this before. I'm a you know I'm experienced. I can do this, and. They elected me, and they elected me. Um, the, we did finally, at the end of that year, we looked at the statistics because they weren't going to let us see it. And I was like, you know what? We just graduated. I'm officially no longer a student here. Let us see the statistics. And we did. Mm-hmm. Will carried me in our grade level again, which was not a surprise. And he carried me in your grade level, meaning he had more votes for him in those two grade levels than – I did, meaning a majority of your grade Correct. level and my grade level voted for him. There were still yeah. people in our grade levels, the two grade levels that voted for me. I think it did help a little, but it was a divided ticket in those two grade levels. Unlike him, I was able to carry the underclassmen. And they recognized the name, they recognized what I did, so they voted for me. That's what pushed me over, was the underclassmen. Yeah. Yeah, so whenever you are running for student council, how much goes into like the marketing? Cuz I'm I want to major in uh, marketing at Coastal. So like how much time and like what all did you do to market yourself? So like say like hey or like campaigning as I just I was say a like how much time and, and I, effort and did I you put think I'm that? a little different when it comes to remember this is a high school student council election. You really have no power. Just a nice title. Well, I yeah. actually forged more power than normal. And I wanted to do that anyway. I just didn't campaign on that way. Um, no, I was a little different because I am a political scientist, meaning this is what I study um, in college other than history. Um, it's political science, so I know how politics works. And I use what our national politics use on a national level and on a state level. And I just mic- and I just made it really small for a school level. And I, for me personally, I, I still have the account. I can still enter it. I, I never do anymore. But I, like I said, I made an Instagram account for just my campaign. And I would send out, I think it was weekly or every other week, I would send out polls and or Q&As um, I remember doing to get the student, uh, you know, I would post a link to my personal account. Then I would, you know, say if you know I'm running for standby president, follow this account. There will be weekly polls, and a lot of kids did do that. Surprisingly, and that was a, that was just me testing the waters. So people would answer my polls, or with Q and A, and I'll be like, any questions or what would you like me to do? That I can do is what I used to put in big caps. What I can do, <laughs> and I did, and I would always look at them weekly. I would, sometimes I would respond. I remember some of them I would, you know, say, oh, this one has come in a lot. I'll, I'll talk. If I get elected, I'll talk to Pinnell and see. I, I really was trying to make me your president. You know, I was really trying to make it. I, w- I would work for you, meaning the students. And I guess it worked. <laughs> Again, I, I won my election. Um, yeah. But I really tried doing it so that way. And, of course, the traditional campaign signs and and. 
you know, the decorative campaign signs that everyone makes and, you know, stickers. I got a sticker. I think someone made me stickers that year. And, you know, Bartlett for president, you know, return to normalcy. I remember what a sticker said, you know. Yeah. So what all, like, if you do get, if you do get elected president, like, I, I've kind of always never really understood the purpose of student council in schools. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand them. So, like, be honest, since you've been doing this for it's a long time, like, been what a do you, <laughs> like, yeah, like, what do you honestly do if you're elected, like, it, it student body president? Oh, student like, how, president. how, how, yeah, like, how interact, or just in student council student in general, council like, how active are you? What do you do? Plan events, you listen to your peers' problems. Um, that was a big thing. Um, my, the time I was a senator and the time I, even lost, I always kept my ears open, just listened to my classmates. And because that was on a class level, it was only my classmates, meaning my graduating class. Yeah. Um, um, you listen to their problems. Do they have any concerns about something? Uh, was there something in the news recently that might arouse them in a bad way? You're like, And if so, okay, well, there was something. But sadly, let's say there was a shooting and like, we just had one in Texas recently. But if I was still in session, I would watch the news and be like, hey, there was that shooting in Texas. Now, how is our students here? How are they concerned? You know, and then we would always talk to Pennell and be like, hey, we would think maybe offering this. Or you do realize the majority of our kids are kind of worried now. But what can we release to calm them down or make their worries, you know, lower? Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, mostly you're planning prom and, you know homecoming and stuff like that that's always the big events that's what most people think about high school student council is oh you get to plan prom and, and, and homecoming and um for our school powder puffs and you know yes that is some that is the highlights of it but really you, you do so much more you really do work for the constituents of your grade level and that's what i enjoyed about it and for student body it wasn't i, I remember so right after I was sworn in, I got all of the class presidents and officers, because um, we do we did have some officers. We had the event coordinator, which because the year that we I took over, we got a new um, sponsor, teacher sponsor, Miss um, Erin um, Terman. Is it Terman? Yeah, Terman. She took over from Revis, and she totally forgot about a position, um, putting it on the ballot, meaning no one could run for it. But we needed it um, filled. And I told her, I said, it's too late for, it, it, I think it would be, it, it would disturb education. It would disturb the learning process if we had a, an emergency special election to fill this position. I said, I know normally it's not a position that the president would appoint. It's normally one that the student body would vote upon, you know. Um, but she forgot because she was coming in doing the student council for the first time and she forgot. It, it is what it is. But it was the student body event coordinator. Um, at our school, it was the person that did student body events and was in charge of coordinating them, you know, making sure everyone's, you know, whatever, yeah. homecoming, whatever. Um, prom, which we didn't have, or homecoming. So basically that year, because of COVID, that year that person was just going to be another voting member, basically. There might be some events, and we did have some small events that that event coordinator um, was in charge of, but I 
and she said, yes, Jacob, normally I wouldn't allow it, but because we, you're right, well, let's not interrupt education and have a special election, just appoint someone. Um, myself and Mrs. McCaskey will either say yes or no, but make sure it's a good person. And this is how the times yeah. have changed. I walked up to Will Haddon, only like three days after him losing his election against me, I said, Will, I helped you last year leading our class. I was kind of like your right-hand man. And he's like, yeah, you were my right-hand man. I said, well, Terman forgot to put something on the ballot this year to vote on. It's kind of important. I don't know how much you're going to be able to do because of COVID, but I, I think he would be a good person, and she's allowing me to nominate a name, and they, her and Macheski will vote. And he said, Jacob, you're, fun. you're just talking to me right now, and I understand none of it. What is the position? <laughs> I said, would you like to be my nominee <laughs> for the student body event coordinator? It, like I said, I told him, I said, like I said, it was supposed to be the position that the student body would have voted on. She forgot to put it on the ballot, so no one ran for it. And when I was forming up my um, list, because there was a list, they gave me a list of, you know, this is who's this and this, and then student body event coordinator literally was blank. And I'm like, Did no one run for it? And Terman's like, oh, I forgot to put it on the ballot. I was like, well, I would like this position Bruh. filled. You know, if I had a full cabinet, I, you know, I mean, I told her, I was like, I would like a full cabinet. I don't want one position blank because someone forgot to do it. And Will said yeah. yes, and I walked to Terman and Machewski, and I told them who I nominated, and he, they voted yes. So he was the event coordinator. So he be, then became my right-hand man. <laughs> so it was, it was reverse roles. Um, yeah. Whenever, wait, quick question. Whenever you get sworn in, is it like a formal like swearing in? Like, do they like read you off something and you have to like raise your we right did hand an and all that? Is it like we one did of those an informal due to COVID for mine? But normally, yes, there would have been a formal. Um, oh, that's um we would have done it in years past. Um, it would have been broadcast into the uh, the senior class would have been brought into the auditorium because that's as big as that auditorium can fill. <laughs> um, yeah, and it would have gone live, but because of COVID and six feet apart and stuff like that, we my year we did an informal. And I think this past year they did an informal too, just because they didn't they didn't want the county to get on them. Because Grace McHugh didn't have it yeah. this year, but yeah. the people before Does me did. Going, yeah, going back to COVID and stuff, like were you affected by the pandemic at all? Like, did it? affect any of your family no, or like did no, it change luckily enough, luckily enough family weren't we're all good we stayed safe we stayed healthy yeah. and we, we did what we needed to but you know we did what we did we're fine um now school wise my and my hands were tied uh, that was i was the first ever president that literally could not do prom homecoming kings and queens i basically couldn't do half the stuff for school because of covid mm-hmm. and that was fun. <laughs> Will looked at me and said, Will once mm-hmm. came up to me after a meeting and said, so I'm basically useless, am I? I was like, there's there small <laughs> events that we're doing, like fundraisers and stuff. You can lead those up. But normally he's in charge of homecoming and kings and queens and sweetheart balance, you know, all the you know big stuff that he would have been in charge of. So when Pinnell was like, yeah, we're not having that this year, he kept on looking at me like, am I basically useless? Otherwise, then you have an extra voice yeah. to vote in. I was like, you're not useless. There's going to be small things, like fundraisers. But he looked at me and said, who wants to lead up fundraisers? I'm like, they would have fallen under your department anyway. It's just, it's like the only thing you're leading up. 
but he 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 accepted it. He he was at the whole year, and it it was fun. It was a fun time, and I relinquished my I relinquished my power the day of my speech of graduation, and I was happy with who got elected after me, and yeah, yeah, that's good. Going back to um war topics what do you think about the whole uh, russia and ukraine situation oh. that's going on like what's your view on that because i know i know you're a history, I'm a history guy so I'm a i want to hear political. i want to hear your um i want to hear your opinion on that i hate to use a terrible man's name and i but i will use his name in this um conversation in this podcast um i i would say president vladimir putin of the russian federation russia's full title um, name, uh, I think President Putin is is terrible. Is a terrible man. He should be condemned for the crimes he is committing against his own people, and against mm. um, this world. Um, Ukraine is an independent, sovereign country, which is a democracy, which threatens Putin. A man who says he runs a federation, a Russian federation, a Democratic Federation, supposedly. If you look up online or in any book you and you look up Russia's type of government, it's a federal dem- democratic federation. It's a federal democratic federation of republics. Um, basically, that's a long title of saying that each little quadrant is a federate. It's a it's like a mini nation, but it makes one federation, and the big federation has one big government with one uniting president. Um, which would be President Putin. Long story short, um, I, I think President Putin is abusing his power. He's been abusing it since 2001 when he was first elected, and he only had an eight-year gap because at the time the Russian Constitution said a president could only hold office for this time, and after that time they had to leave office. Uh, president Putin in 2011 did not know what to do. He was in power from 01 to 11. He didn't know what to do. Um, he relinquished, I say lightly, relinquished his power and stepped down to be the prime minister as they elected someone else for a four-year term limit. After that president, who, by the way, President Putin picked, um, to succeed him, basically be a puppet, um, (laughs) after he left office, President Putin, by the Constitution of Russia at the time, could rerun for president. And he's done that since 2013. He's been in power since 2013. And he has just added, last year, he amended the Constitution, because when you're a dictator, you can do this. And the State Duma, which is like Parliament or Congress to us, um, it's a puppet. And they really couldn't do anything. They should have. And the Russian Judiciary Court, their Supreme Court, should have done something. But of course, everyone's puppets in this country, politically, um, has extended his term power, his presidential tenure, and there will not be, or the big thing in the free world, will not be an election since 2039. Wow. So he will be in charge until 2039. which is when he said the Constitution will hold a new election for president. And I, you know what, knowing him, whenever it gets to that point, Knowing the stuff that he do or that he's done, he will. There's a chance that he will overturn that and make it another yes. ten plus years. When you're years. a dictator, you can do that. And when you're parliament, your Duma, and your High Court, the Russian High Court, 
when they're a bunch of people that you're either you've bought as the president bought and put in or has bribed the court to do what the court needs to do there's no way to stop it there there's there's the russian government is so corrupt that there's no way to stop president putin um from doing what he does it's it's very sad yeah it's very sad and the bad thing is is that russia is allies with china like saudi arabia like those areas like north korea um they're they're allies with those people so if like the americans and other european countries well really it was um nicaragua um two days ago announced that if anything happened that the nicaraguan government will be sending its troops to europe which is a big distance you know, Nicaragua is in South America. Uh, would be sending his their yeah. troops to Europe to help the Russians. That's the first um, American um, country to say that. There, there's not been there has not yeah, been I an did. American country, uh, North or South America. I use America lightly here. But there has not been an American country that says they would support the war on either side because they're so far. But Nicaragua, two days yeah. ago, just released a statement from its president that said we would support president putin if if it got bad meaning if if we i'm thinking if he meant by it got bad i'm refer, i'm thinking he was referring to of america the united states of america entered yeah because nicaragua could come up through all those other countries and come up through mexico so we could have you know even though it's farther down in the pan yeah i um i think he's i think nicaragua is trying to figure out yeah we, they could stop us they could stop us. <laughs> well, I think me and you both know that they could they try, fail, but they would but fail I miserably. Think that's their idea. I think that's their psychology. It's if, if Nicaragua yeah. get more allies than America, and the American South America, I mean, to ally with Nicaragua, yeah. then you might have a war in the United States of America. Which would mean our armies, our navy, our, you know what I mean, would be divided. So you really, we wouldn't be as strong as we would be in Europe. And I think that's why I think Nicaragua is trying to now convince other countries to, or will be thinking, knowing them, you know, as a person who studies politics and international politics, I think they would try to convince that Amer- the United States of America is a bad enemy. We would do something in trade or whatever down in the developing american countries you know i think that's what they're trying to do which would be which would be yeah, news problem, to putin because that would be great because you know if he gets the american eagle you know injured then we won't be a threat you know and then he can do whatever he wants yeah the problem with russia is, is like all their allies and stuff if we were to even try to do anything their allies would start fighting us and that that would lead to more than likely world war three oh, if no, i'm not really mistaken would. i mean like we would have that... england france um mexico i think mexico would align with us i think canada would canada Any of the british commonwealth nations would ally with themselves yeah. with us. nato probably <laughs> japan south korea NATO. every almost majority of nato countries there might be a split in nato there might be some countries that would fall meaning like the African countries, the developing countries might go with this, go with yep. Russia. But I think most of NATO would stick with us. Yeah. It's all about religion and country. Yeah, it's yeah, all about religion and country. <laughs> yeah.
religion. I mean, I feel like not maybe like this war that we're fighting, but a lot Social of social ideologies, especially like yeah, like Middle Eastern wars, like with like Palestine and Israel or whatever. Is it is it Pakistan and or no, no, no Palestine no. and was the two Palestine Middle Eastern and Israel have been a conflict, even though the United Nations does not see Palestine as a country. Um, neither do we, but yes, that's an issue. Yeah, as well say they've been fighting mainly because oh, of yeah, religion fighting, and yeah, territory. territory. Territory and religion. Um, last thing I want to talk about before we stop. Do you believe I'm a big conspiracy <laughs> theory guy? Do you believe in any conspiracy no, theories? I am proud to say that. I you do don't not, believe it. I do that, not believe in any. That is I am proud to say so. That is So you don't you don't think you don't believe nope. in aliens? You don't nope, believe in aliens? None, no? None. No aliens? None. None. So, what do you think they're keeping in Area Fifty One? Who knows? But not. I don't. I'm not a conspiracy <laughs> nut like you. Not a conspiracy nut like you. See, I'm not a conspiracy <laughs> nut, but if I like the whole like JFK assassination, like was there more than one person, or like was the you're, mob you're that in it? Guy. And... You're the guy that us historians try to reasonably disprove that what you believe is a bunch of hogwater. And it means nothing. Yeah, and I with the with the JFK assassination, I don't one hundred percent believe that there was more than one people. I do, in fact, like eighty percent of me believe that it was just Lee Harvey Oswald that shot him Good. and that stuff. That's what the that's um, what the not... um, Warren the Warren um, Commission proved. The Warren Commission proved that it was only one person. They spent a year yeah, doing a yeah. commission. Um, which is now known as the Warren Commission, because the chairman of that commission was Chief Justice Earl Warren of the United States Supreme Court, which is why we call it the Warren Commission. Sorry for the history fact, guys. You locked me right into that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that I do believe that Lee Harvey Oswald shot him and he was alone, but there's this small part of my brain that if for some reason that there was this evidence that was overturned saying that there was more than one person and the mob was involved in it and that stuff that I wouldn't be surprised if that makes sense. Like I, I have an open mind whenever it comes to conspiracies instead of just saying, Oh, I, this is 100% what happened, blah, 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 blah. In some cases it is like fully true. Um, but I do try to keep an open mind when it comes to that stuff, just so I can at least like entertain myself. You know what I'm saying? At least it's for entertainment. Like, at least he doesn't actually fully believe is it. it, it no, yeah, no aliens. I do believe oh, aliens. So aliens. Little green men. Aliens are real, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob, they're real, man. I'm telling you, Little green they're men. real. They're so coming for us. You mentioned something earlier. Um, what made and I'm a diehard, and I oh one last going back to my story. Um, high school was great. Um, I finished. Um, I have made great friends. Um, over at Coastal mm. Carolina University. Once more, go Shawna Clears. I have befriended, oh my god, I've never actually thought about the numbers of it. I've, so, long story short, was my, um, my senior year of high school, there were two freshmen at Coastal that I befriended. They were new off the boat, one, they're both from Georgia, um, did not know the area at all. <laughs> Somehow I followed them, I don't remember how I followed them, but they were on, they were on the football team, um, freshman year, they still are on the football team. And they were like, we're lo you know, we're right off the, we really been to Merlo a couple times to do the touristy stuff, as you know, with their family. 
but like you know you're living here through the school year so you know they wanted to know about the area and i was like i can i can reach out i mean I, i've been a local boy my whole life i can tell you um i befriended them tyler wagner and shane bruce shane is number one i don't ask me what their positions are and tyler i i don't even remember his number or his position but um you know i kind of took them in i guess in a nice way kind of helped them locally you know and um of course my high school year ended i got accepted to coastal uh, i called them and said guess who's coming to school next year and they're, and they're like you got you got accepted i was like i got accepted i'm going to coastal so they were excited so for oh i think like three games i um and of course, between that time period, I started following because of me being friends with those two. I actually had lunch with them one time last two school years ago now. Um, you know, kind of make them feel welcome, you know, um, have lunch with them. And it was yeah. really nice. And of course, knowing them, they posted a picture of me. And all of a sudden, uh, people started following me on Instagram. And I knew who these people were because I've heard their names. You know, I've watched the football games. I'm a local um, at the time, two linebacks. Um, befriended me on Instagram, um, uh, Teddy Gallagher and Silas Kelly, <laughs> just after they posted that picture of all three of us eating lunch, you know, their football friends, their teammates started sending me requests. You know, I got one from Grayson McCall, our quarterback, no idea who he was. I mean, I knew the name, but personally never knew him, you know, haven't met him, you know, mm-hmm. sent me a request. <laughs> well, he sent me a, he sent me a message first and said, um, so are you friends with Tyler Wagner and St. Bruce? I was like, yeah. And I see you're a Christian, blah, blah, blah. They were telling us that you, you know, about your story, kind of same story I told you tonight and blah, blah, blah. I was, I was like, yeah. He's like, do you don't mind if I follow you? I'm like, I'm a Christian too. And I was like, sure. You know, I hit the, I'm on private, so I have to hit the accept every time. And I think for like three weeks, my, my, um, inbox, had like, I think I think one time I had over two, like a hundred followers. They're just, they're all football players. They're all yeah. I'm like I don't even know you people. I got pictured with two football players, and this is what happens, you know. Um, going back, and then a year almost happened, uh, and that was around Christmas. My senior year of high school, they're my two, my two first friends on the football team. They're you know their Christmas of their um, freshman year. Now me entering college, I am. Um, like I said, I texted those two original friends, and I said I got in, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I started going to FCA with those two. They invited me, and again, I met some of the people that sent me requests and started talking to them. They're really good people, and that led into one thing that led into one thing, and I'm friends with, oh, boy, um, our Grayson McCall, and I mean befriended them. Like, I will hang out with him at his house with his roommates. <laughs> I, I'm going to do that once I get back from vacation, have dinner with them. I'm So I'm friends with Grayson McCall, go number 10. Um, our second-string quarterback, Bryce Carpenter, for those who are Coastal fans. Um, and I'm also friends with our third-string quarterback. Most people don't know him, but he's actually taken me under his wing a lot. And he's actually roommates with Grayson this year. And it's coming up here, I mean... Um, Jared Gus, um, number 13. And with them taking me in, mostly once Jared took me in, uh, my doors were open to more people. And when I say this, 
Um, they're great men. They are majority of them are Christians. Very kind, very loving, very accepting uh, men, and they're good people to be around. Uh, I finally met last year or this past school year. I finally met Grayson, which was kind of interesting because he's like, "You're the one that we talked on." Keep remember, he's like, "I'm the one that." You're the one I sent the message to. I'm like, yep, this is me in the flesh. Like, like, <laughs> like we've been following each other for almost a year now. Like, you know, this is me in the flesh. Um, I met Silas and Teddy Gallagher, Silas Kelly and Teddy Gallagher. That was because they also befriended me. They're like, can we befriend you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I remain close to them to this day. And when I say God works in many mysterious ways, and I want you to understand as a coming in freshman, um, and I want the listeners to understand, and this doesn't go to a small, a quote unquote, small coastal Carolina university in Conway. This can go to people at WVU or USC or uh, or USC meeting uh, in California. If you meet someone, and I've had, I speak from experience, that are on your football team or on your baseball team, because I now know people on the baseball team as well. <laughs> but if if you meet huh. them. One, remember their people really do, and I speak for the community listening. I I can post with my buddies because they are my friends, um, but when people will respond to my comments, they're like, "Oh, you know so and so, you know Grace McCall, you know Teddy Gallagher, you know Silas Keller." Yes, and, and for a friend who's gotten to know them as people, it's really a tiring, and really old, and really bothering when you ask, "What are they like?" Because you and I say this like I mean this dearly. They are like everyone else. They are college students. Yeah. They are college guys doing what we college guys do. Like, it, you know, they're normal people. And, and I and I think for me, and I think, and I walked into them first time. Our third string quarterback invited me to his house. Invited me after a game one night. Texted me and called or called me and said, "What are you doing after our twelve o'clock game?" Because it was like a twelve o'clock game on like a Saturday. I was like, well, I'm going home. You know what I mean? Like, after it finishes, I'm going home. Yeah. I have nothing else to do. Like, go to the game at 12, you know, watch you guys hopefully win, which they did that game, and go home, you know. He's like, no, you're not going home. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, you're coming up. He's like, you're coming <laughs> up to the house to celebrate. Because they, they did win at that time. If we win, we'll come. you're coming to the house to celebrate. And I got a text from him while he was in the locker room and said, we won. I'm like, I know. I was there the whole game. Why are you telling me? He's like, you are coming to, to celebrate the victory at our house. At, his, at, at our house. And I said, oh, you were being serious about me coming over tonight. Because <laughs> I thought he was joking. I thought he was joking. <laughs> you know, I thought he was just like, oh, you're coming over to the house. Like, you know, like guys do. Oh, you're coming over to the house. No, I'm not. You can say it. But he invited me, and yeah. we had a nice celebration. I mean, they just literally just got home, showered, and by the time they showered and I showered, we kind of just chilled, and we, you know what we did? We watched other college football, or other college football on TV. But but it was nice. It was it's very it was very relaxing, and I do go over to their house occasionally and chill. It's really nice. Um, that is cool that you can connect with them, um, and that is good that you can also look at them as just regular <laughs> people and not like, oh my god, that's Grayson McCall. He's always on TV. Like blah blah blah. Like. That is cool that you can see him as a person for who he is. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we are literally just kids with the same dream, like trying to oh, make yeah. it in life. It's just they pick football. And, you know, they pick football. Yeah, they, like, they just pick football instead our, of political our, science. You know what I'm saying? Marketing. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. are what they are, and they're good guys. Um, 
like I said, I'm. Yeah, they do I'm seem like really good guys. Them in a couple weeks uh, before school starts, it was one of those. They've been busy with summer camp, and then it's Fourth of July week, so they invited me this week or this coming up week. But I'm going out of town, so it's that like, well, maybe when you get back in, we'll. One of them is going to Mexico for like a couple weeks, like a week, because after camp is done, uh-huh. they're. It's really weird because they have summer off for a month, and they can go home. Then they have camp. Camp is almost all of this month. Um, July 4th, they're off the week. And then they're off for like three, three, two or three weeks in June. Or I mean in July. And then I think it's like the second week before, or the second to last week, or the last week of, of July. They go right back into camp. And they're in camp until school start, until football season, you know. So there's this like one yeah. block of time after my vacation and after the one guy. Yeah, they're after they come back from Mexico. They are, um, yeah, they are extremely dedicated. Oh, I don't oh, know if are. I could do that, and I don't know if I could do football and that stuff and manage a school life and a social life with my friends oh, and family. Oh, they do I think that would be really, really, really hard. They do it. I'm still trying to learn of hanging out with them. I'm trying to figure that out. And maybe by this year I'll figure it out. But I honestly don't know. But um. So mm-hmm. I'm going over there for dinner, which should be nice. I'm, uh, I'm just never actually done. They wanted to host me. Because I thought that we had them, like, like the night I went over once, we ordered pizza. And I thought that's what they wanted. They're like, no, we're actually going to cook. Uh-huh. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> well, you mean, like, have me over for, you know? Like, oh, you mean. So do they, like, do they all, is it, like, like a lot of the players live in like one house or is it just like a little like small group of guys that live in the same house um it's, it's different some people live in some of the apartment complexes um behind campus mm-hmm. um i've been over that's where when i spent and i don't believe i'm saying this but i now have a friend in the cleveland browns <laughs> never thought in my wildest dreams i would huh. ever say that I have a friend in the cleveland browns which i do silas kelly i've just talked to him oh mm-hmm. wow yeah, I, I talked is. to him last week. I think I called him last week, or he texted me. I can't remember. We talked it last week just to catch up for a little bit because he's been busy recruiting the camp over in Cleveland, um, which was uh-huh. nice talking to him. But um, and then Teddy Gallagher, I have not talked to him. I think it would be a sore subject to talk about because he did not get drafted. He got accepted to a camp, and they're supposed to let him know mm-hmm. soon if he got accepted after the camp. But he's back here in Conway, helping with the coastal camp for the kids and stuff um but he was asked to go to north carolina for carolina panthers i don't know if he got accepted because he hasn't posted anything um but um silas is definitely with cleveland so i never thought in my wildest dreams that i would say i have a friend on the cleveland browns you you know when you think about i i I took it took me a while when they did the nfl draft because i'm you know i'm like i'm friends Uh with these guys like i've spent some time with them and i would consider them my friends silas kelly and i've had some deep conversations private but deep conversation good ones about faith and friendship and companionship you know life basically and you know mm-hmm. to see to watch the nfl draft and you know your friends are in it it's a it's a weird experience for me because i'm not normally an nfl guy i'm basically i've never been a football until this past year but um it was a weird feeling you know to see your friends name possibly put into the draft you know and then seeing it on tv of cleveland browns pick silas kelly it's like it Mm -hmm. it was like oh crap i mean one i was like okay 
it's like real it's very very real like, i'm proud of him and then like my parents looked at me and said you can officially say you have a friend in the nfl i was like what because to me i was just to me i was on the friend mode of oh i'm proud proud of it you know it didn't even think uh-huh. close in my head that oh crap <laughs> like like that, but that is cool that you can at least say that and that you still have a connection with him and then he still talks to you like that's yeah, really we, sick we talk and you know we, we, we talk and it's going to be the same way with grace and nicole i've actually i had the opportunity my family had the opportunity uh, i don't know if you know this ethan you, you might have seen it on snap and insta um but in december <laughs> it was our christmas gift it was the family putting all of it i even did put some money in and our next door neighbor who's a coastal fan too we all went to Florida for the Cure Bowl. We mm-hmm. were there I when, did see that. when we won, which was historic because that was our first bowl game winning. But we were on the 50-yard line, mm-hmm. free drink and food um, until the fourth quarter because of our ticket price. I'm not going to tell you how much they cost, but <laughs> we had free drink and free food, which was nice. But it wasn't that wasn't what was the best part. Uh, the best part was because we were on the 50-yard line, um, we were kind of thrown in the middle of the families. <laughs> um, oh. the people right behind me, I recognized them because I met the mom and the dad once. Um, because, like I said, I'm friends with Grace McCall, and it was our last home game. I went down there to speak to him. But I didn't do it all season. They've been He was begging me, and Jared was begging me to come speak to them after a game. And I was like, aren't you guys busy? Don't you need a shower? But you know what I mean? I'm trying to use logic here. Yeah. Um, long story short, um, they, um, I did, and I met Grayson's mom and dad. We're very nice people. <laughs> we got to the bowl, and that was the last game of the home game. It was like four weeks before the bowl game. We got to the bowl game, and we sat down in our seats. And I hear this, and I feel this shoulder tap me. You know, I'm, I'm facing the, you know, I'm facing the field, and I feel a shoulder tap me. And I said, and I was like, yes, meaning, because I didn't know who it was, and I was like, yeah. And it was Grace McCall's dad. He said, I thought that was you. We met four weeks ago when you came down. I said, yes, I remember. And I remember who your son is. Your son's my friend. So we were sitting in front of uh, the McCall family. <laughs> and Wow. Uh, we had Silas Kelly's family on our right on the other row. So I spoke to them. And we had Trey Carter's family on our left. We had... We were sitting next, I was sitting next to a family, um, Greg Lesoto and his sisters was right next to me. Uh, my dad was sitting next to um, McSweeney. I can't think of his first name, but his last name was McSweeney. I, I, I know, I know. Uh, we are sitting yeah. right next yeah. to his stepdad. So his, my dad and his stepdad spoke and basically talked half the game because both the wives were like, come on, people. Like, <laughs> but... But, uh, but, you know, it was a great time. It was a great opportunity. And it was kind of neat being embraced into culture, cult, coastal culture by the families. That was cool. We didn't know. We, we, we sat down in our seats. And like I said, Mr. McCall came up to me and said, didn't we speak? I was like, I was like yes, we yeah. did. And I got to meet um, Grayson's sister, now brother-in-law and brother. Um, and I actually, to you out there and to the big world of coastal, I hate to brag, but I guess I can say... I have befriended Grayson's sister and brother-in-law. <laughs> because that's sick. No, Grayson. Grayson is definitely yep, going to yep, be don't, a. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. He, <laughs> oh, 
he no he he's gonna have he has so much potential coming up this year, um because of all that development um, he's been yeah. doing, he has the potential to be have a Heisman like a Heisman Trophy. Uh, I don't oh, know if you know what the Heisman oh, Trophy I is, do. Jacob. When you're friends with these people, you get to learn a lot about football. Say the least. Yeah. Um. He will. He definitely has the capability of having a Heisman Trophy like season, and I would not be surprised if he gets drafted. Um. I, I love Grayson. I, I've never met him before. He seems like a nice kid. I don't think he'll go early in the draft. I think he might get drafted in the later rounds, or he might get picked up um, as a um, a non-draft Teddy. person. Um, like but I, if he he will definitely go to the NFL. Yeah, he will definitely go to the NFL. He is a crazy good quarterback. I have certain things I could say about this, but it's not confirmed. But. But I will say he will be with us our whole season. Don't worry, people. He will be with us our whole season. But I have kind of... Yeah, he will. I, but I no, I'm saying, thing. Yeah. don't worry, he's, he's still with us. I, but as a friend, we've had conversations about it that are private, but are very cool. <laughs> um, but, mm-hmm. Mr. Ethan, you can um, possibly meet him if you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you want, um, I'm, I'll be going to probably... All of the home games um, this year. So. I can possibly make that happen. <laughs> I just have to let him know in, like the day before that I would come down or something. Yeah, or if like... If, and yeah, if while you, we speak on this, because Berlin. I'm going on one last topic before our time ends tonight. Um, because I'm friends with them, and they post pictures, you know, we post pictures when we hang out, you know, just like guys do. <laughs> that has now opened me to the world of baseball. And Ethan, our and you know Ooh. Ethan Salik, um, who was supposed to be on our team, who sadly left. Um, yep. I know Ethan and I know I never uh, knew Derek. Derek. I, knew, I never knew him before we graduated, but he has. we have now introduced each other. Not close, but I know him. Um, I'm friends with, um, on the baseball team, only really two people. Well, I'm friends with a couple, but I've really become close friends with two people. One of them will now sadly be leaving, as he announced today at 12 o'clock. Um I'm friends with Dale Thomas, number one on the baseball team, who is sadly leaving us to go to Florida, mm. um, University of Florida, as of today at 12 o'clock. He announced his um, tra- transport, and he was in the in Transfer, Florida, yeah. And he got accepted. Yeah, Florida's a good school. So, it's a really good school sadly, for baseball. Sadly, I'm losing one of my friends, and the other one I've really become close to is Billy Underwood. I don't know if that name rings the bell to you or any of our followers, but... Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Underwood and I are, are, I would consider ourselves decently close. I was actually talking to him earlier today about some stuff. Just like I said, like guys, like friends talk to friends. Um, we were talking about some stuff. Um, he wanted to know what my thoughts were on Roe v. Wade. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a, whole a whole other discussion for itself. Podcast, but but <laughs> he wanted my opinion. He's a conservative and a Christian, so it was just two conservatives and two Christians talking. But um, but my point mm. is, I'm losing one friend to Florida. Sad, but he's doing what he needs to. But like again, like I said with the football players, they're they're good. Billy and Dale were good. For, Dale is still, I would consider. Um, they're friends for life. They're different type of, you know, they're friends for life. Um, like I said with the football players, they're normal people. So Ethan, even for you and anyone really listening. If you get the opportunity to meet someone on your baseball or your football team at a university, whatever you do, 
don't freak out, or at least don't show you're freaking out. It actually gets on their nerves. I was talking to Grace Nicole and Teddy Gallagher and Silas once, and they said, they admitted to me, and they said, we like you because you don't freak out. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. I, I, no, like, I, what? I would get Because I didn't know what they meant. They're like, freak out. Like, first time you met us, you weren't freaking out. You accepted us as guys, and we just started talking. You didn't freak out. I was like, oh, that's what you mean by freak out. <laughs> Interesting, because I didn't know what they meant. You know, I was like, freak out, what? But, yeah, it's good school. Um, what are you going for again, Nathan? Um, I'm going to go for Marketing. Marketing. Interesting. What's our plans? Um, so my ultimate goal in life is to work on the marketing team for a pro sports team or a college sports team. Nice. Um, so I'm gonna do my studies here. If everything works out, I'm gonna possibly accept a uh a job that's outside of sports for the time being, just to get some experience in. And then see what um, the future has to offer. But the ultimate goal is to work for a sports team, and, like in their marketing development, Ooh, that like marketing team. Very advanced. <laughs> um, more than more than I would. Yeah, ever it um. <laughs> yeah, it does sound uh, very very advanced, but I'm excited to do it because I'm I like doing marketing stuff and learning about it and that sort of thing. So well, I'm excited for at it. At least you are. That's way more advanced than. I am. <laughs> Um, one other thing, while we still have a little bit of time left, what is the one thing, and this is me asking a, a current Chanticleer, asking a soon-to-be Chanticleer, one, what did you get out of orientation? Two, what is the one thing you're looking forward uh, to for your school year, not academically? Um, so out of orientation, I got that the biggest thing is I felt welcomed and I felt like I'm not alone. Like everyone else that was there is kind of going through the same process and journey that I'm going through. So that did make me feel like I was wanted and I wasn't alone and it made me feel less stressed. And so that's a big takeaway that I um, took away from orientation and just meeting new people. I did. I'm got like, 10 or 15 people snapchats from that day and that night um just from hanging out with them and it is good to meet other people um yeah i did stay on campus i stayed in a tradition hall one of the newer ones yeah so yeah so i stayed the night there which is cool what was the Um, other question what's the one thing you're looking forward to not academically meaning not with your major or your minor on um, the thing I'm looking forward to is probably kind of two things. One is going to the um, athletic events as a student and not as like a kid <laughs> anymore. Like I feel like I feel like it's nice that I can go for free. And I think and we still and... get two tickets on our on our card. I think it's two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited to go to different athletic events and mainly probably just to meet new people. Because um, coastal, they do attract people from all across Many the country. Um, yeah, very a lot of northerners at orientation. Like everyone was from like New Jersey and New York, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right. and like Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like literally everybody. Um, so I'm I'm excited to meet new people and make some new friends and show them how you know we live around here and show them the beach and that type of stuff. Just meeting new people. <laughs> Yeah, the Great Beach, the Great yep. Myrtle Beach. Well, it, well, we're running out of time almost, but it's been fun. 
We are running out of time. Do you have any it last been, questions? Dude, it has been... No, man. You literally covered it all. And, heck, I'm even down to do another podcast in a few weeks whenever I get back Definitely from Europe if you want know. to. Well, this is only part one to our followers, I guess. Your followers, I guess. And like I said earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had him on post notifications with his podcast. And I will... If Ethan shares my Guys, info on, you... on both Snap and Insta, you can all... Um, on Instagram, you can... Um, Send a request to follow. I'll accept. Um, but um, on both on both those locations, I'll let you know when his episodes come out. Yeah, awesome, man. It's been a pleasure having you on, man. It's been awesome talking to you. Um, just quickly before we go, um, I am going to um, tag Jacob in the Instagram post that I make. So I will tag his Instagram. Um, but just if you guys don't go on my Instagram, his um, Instagram is Jacob Bartlett 2001. Um, no caps, no spaces. Again, that's Jacob Bartlett 2001 on Instagram. And then on Snapchat, we go on Snapchat real quick. Um, Jacob Bartlett is going to be Jacob underscore Bart, B A R T O 1. Um, so that's going to be his Snapchat. If you guys want to go at him on socials, um, if you're not going to go at him, I will tag his Instagram um, under the Instagram post later tonight whenever this episode gets uploaded. It either get uploaded tonight or tomorrow morning, just depending on how long it takes for it to upload and how late I feel like staying up and doing all that good stuff. Uh, other than that, man, it's been an absolute pre- uh, pleasure having you on. And um, guys, don't forget to check us out over at Jungle Podcast on Instagram. Listen to us on Spotify. Um, that's the main platform that we're on. We're on so many different platforms, but the main platform is Spotify. So go check us out on there. If you're um, listening on another platform, other than that, guys, me and Jacob have nothing else to say. Um, again, thank we you for coming on. Um, any last words you want to say? We don't know what that is. Yet, yes, we, we will have, have sooner than later. Yeah, we will definitely, definitely have a part two. Um, all right, guys, we're running out of time. So I got to get off here. But again, again, thank you, Jacob. And, um, thank you guys for listening and, uh, stay tuned on my Instagram jungle podcast. Um, we will. I'll be keeping you guys updated on my life, and when the next podcast comes out, I'm doing different polls and stuff and to interact more, with you guys on there. I will keep so, you guys um, all updated on my end as well. Absolutely. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. See you.